This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody. Welcome to Marriage Therapy Radio. This is Zach Riddle. I'm here with Laura Heck. This is episode 13. Uh, as we all know, 13 is an unlucky number. It happens to be my favorite number, but we generally associate it with bad luck and psycho serial killers who live at the bottom of a lake and, and elevator buttons that don't exist. But uh, today we are talking about demons that invade your marriage, commonly called children. And, uh, and how they can wreak havoc on your relationship and what you can do about it. So uh, we're excited to share. Between us, we have three kids. They've wreaked plenty of havoc, but um, uh, stick with us. Here we go. And we're here. Yeah. Hi, Zach. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Hey, um, I told you this before, but for the record, the recorded record, I wanted to tell you how nice your face looks today. <laughs> All right. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> That well, that, it just looks so chiseled. It looks yeah. like you've dropped like at least seven pounds, seven and a half since New Year's. So, thank <laughs> you for noticing. Um, and I told you, I promised also that if you complimented me, I would tell you this story, which is I have this buddy, mm-hmm. uh, from back home. We've been friends for almost 20 years, and we're kind of uh, like accountability friends. And he uh, and I often are challenging each other in different ways. and I texted him on New Year's Day and told him how heavy I was. And he said, let's make this interesting. So if I lose 10 pounds by the end of the month, by the end of January, he's paying me $125. And if I lose another, if I get under 200 pounds by the time I go on vacation to Cabo San Lucas in the middle of February, I get another $125. So I am seven towards 10. And then I'll have another six or seven to go. So now you can use your math to figure out how heavy I am. Started at. <laughs> <laughs> did I hold on? I'm just I'm curious. Did I tell you about my accountability group that I'm in right now? You didn't. Um, well, I'm not gonna give many details because I am thinking I might write about it, but it's a sex accountability group because I wanted to have better, more sex in 2018. And right so on. I have an accountability group. And you know what happens when you have so sex. So far, so good. Um, you have an orgasm. That's you not have, always true. You have babies. Well, 
that's not happening either. So, but I like I'm how I'm just trying I like to transition segue. to our topic. That's I all. know. I like yeah. the segue. I'm not super um, interested in talking about your sex life right now. <laughs> um, okay, so babies, kids, kids ruining the marriage. There's a reason why I'm only having one child, and that's because um, I want to keep my relationship healthy and happy. <laughs> And if you have two, that's a problem. If you have two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you have three, you're really in deep. No, this comes from a listener. So um, I I received an email. And this is from somebody that I... Can I say this is very exciting that we are actually responding to a listener question um, (laughs) that's not one of our friends. Because the last time we responded to a listener, it was like a friend of mine from Oregon. And now we Uh are talking to an actual random person that we have no idea about. And they they want our advice, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the question that they had was just basically this idea that we had talked in a previous episode about external stress to the relationship. And what do you how do you how do you manage stress that's outside of the relationship? And she wrote and she said, what the hell do I do with the stress called these little demons? She didn't call them demons, but I will. Um, what do you do when you can't get away from the stress? The stress is internal. It's your kids. It's it's the chaos that happens in the home. It's the fact that they're not sleeping. And you and I are very familiar with this, one, because I'm in the process of going through that stress of having mm-hmm. young children. And she was asking specifically about young children, so we might kind of focus on those younger years. Yep. Um, but you also have been coaching and speaking with parents that are part of a parents of early early childhood development age mm-hmm. and coaching them through this exact topic. So we have some pretty specific pieces of advice of how to manage the stress that is your children. Yeah, I you, I go to um, parent groups about once a month and just kind of speak to often parents of infants. And the first thing that I say is that I, I wish I could tell them that it gets better. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It does not get any better uh, it than, than it is right now. It's just exactly the same. It's, it's wonderful and also terrifying. And it's, it's life-giving and also life-draining. And it's it's really uh, an, a great adventure, and it's also a really problematic, uh, you know, problem to s- try and be solving for you know eighteen mm-hmm. years. My children right now are eleven and fifteen, and I'm still doing the same thing I did eleven and fifteen years ago, which is just try to figure out how to keep them alive and keep them from ruining my relationship with my wife. <laughs> frankly, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. who would have known <laughs> the toughest? Yeah, right the toughest. Uh, person on the relationship is your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a couple of very specific pieces of advice. I I think um, uh, the piece that I really resonate is that sleep really needs to be a priority. Like no matter how you're going about it, making that your number one, because I, um, man, I'm really passionate about sleep. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I am just a horrible human being. I know this about myself. I have my special drink that I have in the afternoon. I call it mama's little helper because I, I take a little dip in energy and I need my my spark. That's an Cabernet or uh, a Merlot? No. <laughs> <laughs> Same color. It's my pink drink. Um, yeah. And it just gives me a little energy because... Um, I do prioritize sleep, but I know that it's it's nearly impossible for people who are just in the thick of young children who are still sleep training, still trying to figure out how to sleep. My kid doesn't even sleep in his own bed. He's coming into our bed in the middle of the night, disrupting my sleep cycles. Um, but if there is some way for you to make sure that you're getting at least eight hours of sleep, 
if that means you're going to bed at seven o'clock PM, so do it. Like make that a priority. Yeah. And I think this is really difficult, particularly for breastfeeding moms and for folks who mm-hmm. just don't have the kinds of rhythms that, that young children allow you to have. Um, my 15 year old, you've heard me tell you this story before, um, did not sleep through the night for five years. Um, it wasn't five weeks or five months. It was literally five years. I don't think she um, went down and let us get through the night. And so we had to get mm-hmm. very creative about mm-hmm. how we handled our sleep. And ultimately, we decided to, to trade weeks. Um, so we mm-hmm. would get up a week at a time, which meant that one of us was fresh for a week and the other one was exhausted. And uh, <laughs> the only thing that I would say about that is that you may have to get very creative about how you get sleep. But I don't disagree. It is the number one thing that I often tell young parents is that they have to find a way to protect their mental health and their physical health and their spiritual health. And you do that by getting plenty of sleep and drinking plenty of water and just stealing time for yourself. And I also would say stealing time for yourself and your partner, because what your children need ultimately is confidence that mom and dad are okay. Um, Mm-hmm. And I know that we're speaking sometimes to single parents and sometimes to divorces. And I, I even think that in a, in a situation where divorce is present, like m- mom and dad need to be okay. You need to be allowed to love the other parent in, in your presence. And um, we need to model kindness and security. And if you live in the same house, that's amazing. But if you don't, I still think that's a priority for raising children that are going to ultimately make your life easier. Yeah. I, you know what I just realized? Um, there is a sixth love language. Did you know about this? This sixth language? No. It's sleep. It's sleep. Yeah. Is so um, on the weekends when my husband is like really wanting to just pour into my love tank, he says, "Why don't you just go upstairs and take a nap?" And that is, or why don't you just sleep in this morning? That is my love language, and he could do that every day of the week, and I would never, ever, 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 ever think a horrible thought about him, or I would never throw him under the bus. That's probably why I throw him under the bus because he hasn't he hasn't so given me a nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, what's another piece of advice you would give for parents where their well, children are ruining the relationship? <laughs> I mean, again, the other thing I would say, especially to young parents, is it's really important to recognize that this is a phase. I mean, it really is p- just part of the process. It's part of the deal. Um, you don't get to just be young and single and carefree your whole life and and have all the freedoms that you want and go to a movie. I mean, I can remember the first, the first complaint I had about having an infant was that I couldn't go to a movie whenever I wanted to. It wasn't even like, (laughs) I don't want to change diapers or I don't want to, you know, it wasn't, it was just like, I can't do what I want anymore, but now Mm -hmm. I kind of can. Um, I mean, I could go to a movie tonight if I wanted to. And I've got a, Mm -hmm. I've got children who can kind of take care of themselves and, and it's gone by really fast. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that I've noticed is it's just not been, I mean, it, it goes pretty quickly and I know it doesn't feel like that in the moment and that's why no, it never does. People never on does. the other side, like me, perhaps need to be able to tell you this is just a phase. And frankly, we need in our lives right now, people with adult children telling us that this teenage phase is a phase because mm-hmm. it does feel overwhelming. And, mm-hmm. um, I just think there's that's light a, at the end of the tunnel. I sure hope so. Yeah. You know, um, so or else I'm, somebody's going to get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. <laughs> I was working with a couple, and they they came to see me. They got pregnant in the in the process of seeing me, and you that know, wasn't now part of your sex accountability group, was it? 
No. Oh, otherwise, she would have won they for got, sure. They got pregnant in the process of seeing <laughs> you. That that sounds sketchy. No, there is money on the line with this accountability group, by the way. But with yours? Um, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, it's a hundred dollar, hundred dollar pot. Um, so is I, I want so to know with, less about this. We'll stop asking about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so this couple, they're pregnant. And they're coming to see me. And oftentimes when you are pregnant, all you're really thinking about is pregnancy. What do I eat and the delivery and what that is going to look like and buying the right crib and the right sheets and whatever. And ultimately, I just want to talk about how do we train this couple up so that they have really, really good habits in place before the baby comes? Because once the baby comes, you're going to fall back into survival mode. But I want to have all of these super healthy rituals and habits in place where you don't even have to think about it. It just happens. And that's what I think is really helpful for couples is to develop these habits, these rituals, these things that they're doing to connect on a really regular basis. And the most, the one that everybody talks about is date night. And date night's great, but that's it costs money. You're not going to get a date night for a while if you have a newborn at home or if you have multiple, multiple children, it's just too expensive to hire a babysitter. But it's it's smaller than that. It's not about a date night. It's more about making sure at the end of the night that you guys are cuddling up on the couch and you're um, touching each other and, and you're stroking each other's uh, hair and, and giving foot massages and talking about the three things that you're most grateful for. It's those little moments that you can steal away that you have in place. You don't even have to think about anything else. It just happens naturally. Yeah, to me, I I think um, I totally agree. Date night can be a foot rub. I think it just needs to be this moment where the two of you take an opportunity to remember that the two of you are a family and were a family Mm -hmm. before the children became part of the equation Um, and that Mm -hmm. you will be a family when they leave when they go off and make their own families. And I, I think remembering is really the ritual of remembering that this is a phase or that we like each other or that we can do this or that we signed up for this or that, you know, we love our children and we need to protect ourselves from them. I mean, any, any of that can be part of mm-hmm. the process. You know, it's something that just came to mind. Um, I'm, I'm envisioning the person who wrote to us and she has two small children at home, both under the age of three. And two boys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boys are the worst. I'm anti-boy, by the way. So, um, Oh, I'm I'm all boy all the way. I'm going to go on the record. Okay. Uh, And so I'm imagining like the chaos that happens when you come home and you just like almost dreading coming home from work because you know that it's just going to be a fight, 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 fight. And then you get get the kids to bed and all you want to do is sleep and you don't want to touch your partner. And like what is what would you say to her if you have one kid that's screaming, the other kid's in the tub, you're dividing and conquering? Like, how do you handle those stressful situations where both of your blood is boiling and you're not turning towards your partner? Instead, you're irritated and you're turning away. What can you do to just find some peace and some common ground or some loving moments in the in the midst of that chaos? You know, I think I said on last week's podcast that therapy is about two things, right? It's about making sense of your life um, and the themes and the patterns and the strategies and the, and, the, and the triggers. And then it's also about getting through your days, right? And so this one falls into the second category of kind of how do I get through my day? How do I just, yeah. how do I get to 
bedtime without losing my mind or mm-hmm. um, it's called vodka. Yeah, with well, cheese olives. Well, and I here's what I think. I I kind of want to suggest just music, like mm. tr- put music on in your house that mm-hmm. is soothing and designed to set the tone. Because when the tone mm. is set by the screaming baby or the anxiety or the, you know, just just re- replace that with something, mm-hmm. whether it's classical music or, you know, piano or James Taylor or even, you know, whatever, Outcast or something. Like, whatever it is that you <laughs> want to use to set the tone, music has a magical way of doing that. And, and uh, without having some kind of really profound answer, I, I think you, you can use the, strat- use the resources that you have available. And if mm-hmm. you have a speaker and a smartphone, you can, mm-hmm. you can just set the tone. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'll say a trick that I often have, and I noticed this when I was home for the holidays and my mom was watching all the grandchildren all at once. And they had been in the house and it had they'd been cooped up all day. And it's like three kids under the age of eight and they're running around. There's two dogs. It was chaos. And it's getting dark outside. And I basically just said, okay, change the scene. Everybody put your jackets on. Everybody put your shoes on. I got to get out of here. I think sometimes we don't, we kind of get trapped inside thinking inside the box, literally thinking inside the home. Mm-hmm. And one of my ways of battling this is to take the chaos out of the home and mm. move it because we kind of yeah. bounce off of the walls a little bit. Go, go on a car ride and uh, go to a park, run the kids around, but get them out of, out of the house. If it seems like the energy level gets too much or the intensity is too much, just leave. I mean, go with your kids. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't just walk out of the house. <laughs> we had a, um, so we had, this reminds me, several, many, many years ago when Abby, who is now 15, was two, we had a Japanese exchange student live in our house. And mm-hmm. Abby was high maintenance, right? She was like a two-year-old and she would scream and yell and create tantrums. And uh, this, this student, her name was Yuria, and I love her and I miss her. She would say like, just put her outside. <laughs> no. And I'm like, What? It's like, yeah, just put her outside. She'll stop screaming. And she said huh. it with her adorable Japanese accent. And, um, yeah. But like, it was like, that's what we do. When we have children misbehave, we just put them outside. Put them, and, okay. <laughs> and when they can come Did back in when they come back. No, <laughs> no. But, uh, hey, the only other thing, uh, we're running out of time, but I would want to add yeah. one more piece, which is if, if, you know, music is the getting through your day side, I think on the other side, one thing that I feel very strongly about is that you need to have some kind of philosophy of parenting together. Um, mm-hmm. I usually have these two little sound bites that I use with this, with small groups. And one of them is um, generally to mothers. And I say, mom, um, just keep in mind that the second best way to do something isn't a terrible way to do it. If your mm-hmm. husband doesn't swaddle the baby right or hold the bottle in the right angle, mm-hmm. it's not worth picking a fight over. Like it's, it's n- parenting is slow and steady, not hold the bottle at 45 degrees versus 55 years. Yeah. And to, and to dads, I say, um, memorize this phrase. Dads don't babysit. Um, Mm -hmm. dads are parents. I don't actually understand dads who don't know how to change a diaper or put their children to bed or watch their children while mom is out. I don't understand that. I understand it's part of the, of a cultural ethos, um, particularly a historical one, but I, I would say eliminate that as much as possible and be a parent, not, uh, a backup. Um, right. I think philosophically yeah, that, that is really critical. Mm-hmm. I use this phrase all too often and it is, uh, 
it's it's that Ryan's my helper. And I, mm. I don't know, you know, it's like, uh, hey, would you mind just uh, helping me with the laundry? Or, hey, can you come help me in the kitchen or whatever it might be? And to me, it, it almost puts me as like, I'm the lead and he's my helper. He's my sous chef. He's my, you know, whatever helper in the doing whatever I might be doing. Um, but the truth is that we're really, we both show up 100% as parents. We're not 50-50. Yeah. We're both full parents at full capacity. Well, um, there's things that you're better at and there's things that he's better at. And those things, totally. you know, there, there is, there's a difference between sort of taking the lead and having responsibility and then, uh, or having more responsibility and then just sort of mm-hmm. opting out. Like, right. like, I don't do that. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't even, mm-hmm. like, I can't even wrap my head around that, to be honest. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of patience for, for stories I hear in that regard. So, yeah. Hey, I had one more thing because I kind of mentioned it and I, and we had a, a, somebody else that had written in, this was a little while ago and I, I wrote her back rather than uh, addressing it in the podcast, but she basically said, we're on two totally different sides when it comes to parenting. And we see this all the time. One of you is a disciplinarian. The other one is uh what is the opposite of that? More open-handed, I guess. Yeah. Oh, what does open-handed mean when you're talking about like parenting? I just don't like laissez-faire. Like I don't have a, oh, okay. I don't have a stake okay. in it. And that is okay. So, you, but I mean, I think everybody kind of understands what it's like when you have two totally different ideas of how to discipline mm-hmm. the children or how to raise them. And I, I, because I was writing back, and I didn't, I'm not doing therapy with this couple, which would entail a lot of different techniques. I said, here's an idea. Neither of you are wrong. You just aren't on the same page. So why don't you just rip both those pages out of the book and subscribe to the same idea or the same plan, which would mean going to a parenting class or picking up a book that was specific in that style of parenting and just decide that that was going to be the way you're going to do it. And that was sort of like my marriage hack. Um, Just rather than spending all this time, just pick something new and move in that direction. That's, but I kind guess of a, the, that's kind of a getting through your days piece. And I think for me, right. the same issue is at the philosophical pieces. I really want them to sit down independently and write this out, which is in the future, your child is going to be on the couch in a therapist's office and the therapist is going to say, tell me about your parents. <laughs> and you ought to write down what you hope will come out of their mouth and then mm-hmm. trade pieces of paper. And let that be the beginning of how you come together with a longer view of your philosophy so that you can then figure out like, well, do we, do we ground them or do we not ground them? Do we let them mm-hmm. cry? Or do we not let them cry? You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think that it has to flow out of some kind of longer term vision for parenting. I love that. I like that. And I think that that's very doable in the short term, right? Um, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's wrap this up. This right. might just be the longest episode. You know what I'm really curious about? No. Will you respond back? <laughs> and I'm talking to <laughs> talking to the listeners. Do you like these longer episodes? Because this one's going to be almost 25 minutes. Yep. And in the past, we have shot for like 10, 12 minutes. So if you like the longer episode, will you shoot us off an email and say yes, longer or no, shorter? Shut just up. give us <laughs> yeah, some be- feedback. Yeah, just shut your mouth. All right. Well, Zach, I uh, I hope you continue to lose weight. You look great. Thanks. And uh, I want you to win the money. This I do is too. The part where you wish me winning money. Hey, um, I hope that. Oh man, yeah. I guess I hope you win some money too. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Till next week. Bye bye. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. Something that was on my mind today is that this podcast may be helpful to you. You might get a a nugget of wisdom that you hold on to and you think about for the next couple of days. But I would really love it if you had the ability to pass this on to somebody else. And sometimes you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And I think it might be really helpful if you have somebody that you care about, a relationship that you want to help nurture as a friend, as a mentor. I do um, ask for you to email our podcast to somebody and just ask for them to listen to it. Also, as always, we would love a review. You have to log into iTunes in order to give the review. And for that extra five minutes that you take, I'm giving you a big air hug right now. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.